0: Hi there! Welcome back to the This Human Life podcast. I'm Melissa Nova. This is the companion podcast to the book This Human, and uh, we are progressively working our way through the book, where I read from the book that I wrote a few years ago and uh, dive into the content a little bit further, uh, embellish on um, you know some of the some of the stories and. And uh, bring, the, bring the work to life a little bit more for you. Um, you don't need to have a copy of the book. Uh, hopefully the content will be um, interesting in its own right, especially if you're in the field of human-centred design. Um, and uh, we... The last few episodes have been um, focused on communication. So we are uh, in sort of around the... The last few episodes have been uh, focused on communication. We are currently reading through Chapter 3 um on uh in today's episode we're going to start from uh, page 92 so if you have a book follow along if you don't listen along um it is you know not quite a podcast and not quite an audio book so um let's dive in okay page 92 communication for feedback during the design process you communicate for many different reasons one is to ask for feedback on your work And the most challenging aspect of this is setting up conditions that enable people to do this constructively. You also have to set up the listening within you to ensure you can see the value in their critique. You must give people permission to voice their thoughts and feelings freely, but it is also important for them to understand the kind of feedback you are asking for. Sometimes a type of critique you receive, for example, about the use of a word in a certain context, may be too detailed for the current stage of your design process. In the early stages, you are looking for broader critiques about the desirability of the idea. You could ask, does this sound like something that has incorporated the customer insights in a way that will deliver something desirable? Is it really necessary to ask for feedback? yes. Yes, it is. If you choose not to communicate or seek feedback from your colleagues, you must seek it from the people for whom you are ultimately designing. Otherwise, you're not doing human-centered design, you're doing you-centered design. Criticism versus critique. You know, before I launch into that, um, there have been situations where I have been... uh, about to embark on a project, and the um, partner organization has um, taken a human centered design approach to a, pr- a previous project, say, so they're familiar with the process, but um, uh, they haven't actually engaged with their citizens or their customers in the research. Um, process which um is something that happens for all sorts of different reasons um typically it's because um you know some the most obvious reason is that the team perhaps doesn't know how um secondly it's um it can be quite a scary endeavor for organizations um to be in contact with their customers or citizens depending on what type of organization they are, um, and you know, uh, there's a bit of fear in you know opening up uh, Pandora's box, and also there's the myth of um, it takes longer if you get too many people involved, um, and uh, the I guess the irony of the situation is that they have chosen to do human centered design because they're actually interested in making sure that whatever the outputs of their efforts. are are more, you know, aligned with the needs of the people that they serve um, but have missed a really crucial, crucial part, which is to actually engage with the people that are outside of their organisation. And, you know, of course there are customer advocates and people that have accountability to have the voice of the customer within the organisation. But there is a difference between understanding the research and being able to ensure that the research is embedded um, you know I'm talking about market research in this case uh, embedded in the decision-making versus um, actually being present in the room when someone is telling uh, their stories of their ex- their unique experience of um, interacting with and solving problems or workarounds um, with the services that you're interested in redesigning so um, in those sessions, uh, you might be engaging in interacting with customers with the intention to do research and to learn things, um, which might inform uh, your designs. And you know, in a true co-design um, process, you'll also be bringing designs back to this to um, the same cohort to be able to um, involve them in the critique and the um, accurate and honest uh, interpretation of what you heard them say into the design process so the um, communication for feedback is it really necessary Uh, yes (laughs) all right and and you know that's why I actually spend a decent amount of time um, in this chapter talking about communication and the different intentions that sit behind uh, the reason why you communicate Um, and obviously feedback is one and now we're just going to move into uh, the difference between criticism and critique Um, Okay, so this is page 93. Criticism versus critique. Understanding the difference between criticism and critique is essential for all phases of the design process. Criticism is often subjective, not specific, and almost always negative. It might be to do with a personal preference of a colour, always a tricky area, or the way a word is used. Criticism is general and sweeping and difficult to act on constructively. It typically focuses on negative aspects of the design and can sometimes feel quite personal. It is up to the designer to ensure this type of feedback is taken with a grain of salt. Um, So, you know, uh, a criticism might sound like, um, I really don't think the customers are going to like this. Or um, it doesn't feel like um, uh, you know the use of colour works for me. Um, the and when we get to um, describing critique, you'll understand um, what the marked difference is between someone who knows how to provide um, a critical assessment of a design with the intention to move to the design forward versus someone who's trying to get their own personal preferences met and there's a big difference. So critique. Critique is objective and specific. You can see how to put a critique into action. You can see how it might improve or not your idea or concept because it aligns with the objective of the creation rather than coming from a personal preference it interrogates the design or idea knowledgeably in line with the outcomes and objectives of the work and it is not necessarily negative the intention is to improve the idea or design it is very easy to become attached to an idea design or concept this makes it hard to accept critique rather than being attached to the idea or design itself you're better off being attached to the outcome you're ultimately in service of there will be many pathways there will be many pathways There will be many pathways towards that outcome. Many different ideas and executions can still achieve the same impact. By focusing on the end game, you can be objective in receiving the critique and also be powerful in combating criticism. Um, So critique uh, might sound something like um, I understood in the insights that um, the Thing that customers are trying to solve for is um, feelings of uh, abandonment after they've signed up with us. Um, I can't see how this design is addressing uh, that customer challenge. Um, can you help me understand how you've addressed that? Um, and if it's not addressed, can we work out how to. Um, Another critique might be uh, one of the uh, objectives of this design is to ensure ease of use and uh, uh, accessibility. Um, How is this page addressing uh, that need? Um, What I see are um, unnecessary complications in uh, the process in this way, is there an opportunity to simplify it? Okay. Um, so in order to uh, assist you in setting up the conditions to have a really constructive um critique session on page 94 and 95 um there's two things the first one exercise 3.5 is called blissful critique this is essentially the steps that um you will go to to ensure that the conditions that you create for your critique session are um best placed to ensure that people a know what they're doing and know how to give you critique um and uh also um, helps you guide the, the conversation appropriately, and then exercise three point six is about uh, giving great feedback. So um, an opportunity to um, perhaps give if if you're going to be um, you know using human centered design as a process that's new for your organisation and people are going to be involved in critique sessions for the first time, um, this is the sort of thing that you can share with them so that they understand. Kind of what the rules of engagement are. All right. So exercise 3.5, page 94. This framework helps you prepare yourself, your audience and environment for effective, constructive and even enjoyable critique sessions. I think that's why I've called it Blissful Critique. The following steps will help you run effective and even blissful critique sessions. Step one, cohort. They're all C words. I've used a lot of um, little frameworks Um That all start with the same letter. I think that's called something, um, which I'm not going to be able to remember. But um, I'll just run through all the C words in order. So um, it feels like I'm avoiding it. Anyway, I won't go there. Okay, step one, uh, cohort. Step two, context. Step three, clarity. Step four, comfort. Step five, critique. Step six, conclude. So I'll just go through those in order. All right, cohort. Design critiques run well when everyone knows who's who and what they are there to do. Make sure you identify at least these two roles within the cohort. And those two roles are the project lead or design owner, um, and that typically be the, the person who'd be interested in reading this book. So that might be you. And then also a facilitator. So this facilitator ensures the critique runs to schedule and intent. This can also be you, but having someone else play the role works really well. Um, the reason for that is um, then you as the design owner or the project lead um, get to focus solely on what's being said and how to incorporate the feedback into progressing the design, whereas the facilitator can be focused on things like Making sure everyone gets a say, keeping things um, on track, making sure we cover the different aspects of the design and, and all of that sort of stuff. All right, step two, context. Using a connected narrative, purpose, outcomes, approach, plan gets everyone in the room on the same page about your project and most importantly, what impact it aims to achieve. So later on in the book, we take you through a, um, well, I take you through a <laughs> framework which we use at Huddle um, called the Thinking Framework. I've referred to it in a few other podcasts and there's links in the show notes to the previous episodes um, in the previous episodes. But um, using that as a way to frame the opening of a critique session is really, really powerful because people understand why they why we're bothering to do this project in the first place, the outcomes that this design um, is uh, trying to, well, is in service of, is trying to achieve, um, the approach that um, the team has decided to take, and also very specifically um, the plan, which is the actions that we're here to take together. So um, that's what we refer to as a connected narrative. All right, step three, clarity. Be very clear about the type of critique or feedback you are seeking. Set clear boundaries about what level of feedback is appropriate for what you are sharing. Give examples so your audience can level their feedback. So one of the challenges that can happen in a critique uh, session is that um, you'll get a whole range of uh, uh different levels of critique and when i'm talking about levels i mean you know some people might give you uh, some really sort of broad brush strategic um feedback and some people might be focused on you know the the kerning of the font um and uh that is quite difficult to uh, synthesize after the session so um to do some prior thinking around Um, the stage of design that you're at and the feedback that is going to be the most beneficial to um, ensure that the designs are on the right track and that's also going to be useful for the stage that the project's at so um, doing so for example doing a a critique session on aesthetic when you're still in early prototyping phase um, might not be as useful as doing a, um, a critique on functionality um, rather than aesthetic. So um, anyway, you get the gist. All right, step four, comfort. Welcome fresh eyes. Take the pressure off yourself to say intelligent things and allow people to ask obvious questions. As long as they are relevant to the objective of your work and the request for feedback, they will be helpful. So sometimes, and one of the awful things that happens in critique sessions is no one says anything. (laughs) So uh, critique doesn't happen because people uh, might be, afraid of sharing their perspective um often you know people don't want to actually hurt the feelings of the of the, pro- the project team that's working on them. it's just gorgeous but yeah so they withhold um withhold their thoughts um and and also uh, the the project team whose work is being critiqued um can sometimes feel really nervous and so they sort of clam up and shut down as well so um you know, one really important lesson that I learnt um, in a quite a significant project that I was involved in was we established a critique session um, with some really senior uh, um, members of this organisation. And they were in an industry where they were used to being the ones under critique and scrutiny. And when we used the term critique, they assumed that it was our critique of them and in because that was such a uh, ingrained um, mental model that they had and we uh, didn't stress that the direction of the critique was actually from them towards us as explicitly as perhaps what we should have, um, the critique session had quite a challenging, uh, rocky start until we leveled that out um so it's those sorts of things that um we need to think about when we're thinking about comfort in terms of how do we frame how do we invite people in how do we create the conditions for people to feel um comfortable to be asking questions um and all of that is essential for the um for the for the best outcome for your design okay That slight hum in the background is the um, the street sweeper thing. So, um, hopefully, it'll get less and less. Okay, uh, Joseph working from home. All right. Step five: uh, critique. Provide space for positive and negative critique. Often, negative critique comes more easily. So ask people to start with what they believe are the strengths of the design in relation to the outcomes it is in service of, then move on to the challenges that they see with the design. So for example, I think I've used this already, um, I don't like this colour is not an effective critique. That would be more of criticism. I'm not sure how this colour is going to contribute to the feeling of excitement for the customer is seeking clarification of a design decision within the context of a customer outcome, which is more useful and it creates an important conversation. Alright, step six, conclude. Make sure you aren't trying to solve design problems in the critique session. So this is really critical. This is the design team's job. Conclude the session with a list of tasks that have names attached to them. People should have Step 6. Conclude. Make sure you aren't trying to solve design problems in the critique session. This is critical. Um, This is the design team's job. Conclude the session with a list of tasks that have names attached to them. People should leave feeling as if they have contributed with clarity about what the next actions are and who is responsible for them. So one of the things that could be the job of the facilitator, for example, in the critique session is to ensure that the conversation doesn't drop too into solutioning. Um, And what I mean by that is sometimes a critique session can be completely transformed into an ideation session where people want to help you solve the problem. Um, Now, obviously, uh, that is really helpful, um, but that is not the forum. Um, A critique session is not the forum for that. A critique session is a forum to be able to do exactly that, to be able to get multiple perspectives um, on the uh, uh, level of design and applicability of the design to the, um, you know, the, the purpose that the design activity is in service of. Um, and uh, if what you realised through doing the critique session is that there's an opportunity to actually get the same group of people together to be able to help solve the problem, then set up that session Um, which is a co-creation session or a co-design session or an ideation session. Um, Okay, I'll move on to uh, exercise 3.6 and after that I will leave it there. So that is on page 95, um, exercise 3.6, giving great feedback. How to provide feedback that is useful, respectful and productive. So, Four, five things. Question, listen, explore, connect, share. Question. Always start with clarifying questions and make sure you establish your understanding of the context and intent of the design before you launch into critique. Listen. Listen before speaking. Don't talk over the designer. Listen to what they are saying with an open mind. Explore. Lead the designer to explore aspects of their own work but don't explore solutions in a critique session. Connect. Always refer to the outcomes and objectives of the project when you point out strengths and weaknesses in the design. Share. Provide very clear actionable commentary. It is okay to speak from your perspective about what makes sense to you or doesn't. Don't confuse this perspective with what With that of the customer, though, you don't represent them even if you happen to be a customer of the client's business. Sorry, you don't represent them even if you happen to be a customer of the client's business. The guidelines above can be provided to your critique group to help them provide you with constructive feedback. Invite the absolute minimum number of people to your critique sessions. The smaller the group, the better. Design critiques are interesting to people, so many more may want to come along to see the progress. Make sure you limit this group to essential members only. Alrighty, so uh, I'm going to wrap up there. Um, Hopefully that actually um, helps you uh, set up really effective critique sessions, but also um, helps you be less scared of them because I know um, some of the work I've done in my coaching capacity with um you know up and coming human centered designers uh this is one of the things that they avoid (laughs) doing because um it can be scary uh so yeah there's some uh, useful structures and tips and tricks for you there i uh, will start the next episode on page 95 um starting with effective listening um Thank you for joining me again for another episode of this human life podcast. If you're interested in checking stuff out, there's lots of free stuff and courses and stuff on thishuman.com. Um And if you're interested in uh, working with me in a coaching capacity, you can head over to melissanova.com and check out the um, options for you over there.